witness a miracle this morning. Colossians chapter 3. That is Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. While you're turning there, let me set this up. I'm returning to our subject, the four F's. This morning, we're beginning to look at the third of the four F's. Fellowship, focus, and this morning, function, and then we're going to end up with fruit. The four F's are four qualities found throughout Scripture. They're a pattern of divine principles that help us to literally do what the Bible says to do in terms of living for with God. It's, in other words, how you live with God. Fellowship, focus, function, fruit. If you learn the four F's and you apply your faith in God to those four laws working in your life as we're teaching them, you will have a successful walk with the Lord. Fellowship, then out of that comes focus, and then from the focus, we begin to function. And we're going to start this morning looking at the subject of function. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, do everything. Everyone say everything. everything. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and in dependence upon Him, His person, giving praise to God the Father through Him. Um, <clears throat> let's start by defining what we mean when we use the word function. What is function? Well, of course... Like anybody else, I went straight to Google. And Google says, function is an activity or purpose natural to or intended for a person or thing. And they had a little quote in there. For example, bridges perform the function of providing access across water. So once again, their definition, and, and it's, it's a good one. It's, uh, it's good, so I used it. An activity or a purpose that is natural to or intended for a person or for a thing. So everything that God creates, if you've listened to me teach or preach for any length of time, you know that I'm big on this. God created everything with a function. And things can either function in their purpose or just involve themselves in activities that are not part of their function. It's a choice that we get to make. The first thing I want to do is make sure that you understand the difference between activity and function. Activity is not the same as function. You can be involved in activities and none of them can be part of your real God-given function. So your activity is what you're doing in your life, but your function is what God has designed you to do in your life. Does that make sense? So let me ask the question, if you're not functioning, are you really living? We have a problem, not only in the church, but in the world today, with dysfunction. We have a problem with malfunction. We have a problem because, and let's just take the church, let's just take Christians, uh, born-again Christians who truly know the Lord. We have been designed to function. We should know what our basic function is. But many churches and many individual Christians are only occasionally functioning, 
or partially functioning. Our concept about what our function is all too often surrounds doing certain spiritual activities so that we see our life as basically what we live every day and then occasionally we insert spiritual or religious functions into them and we think that is relationship with God, but that's not relationship with God. Uh, if you looked at that verse, the Bible says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of Jesus Christ. So a bridge, we'll use Google's example, a bridge was designed to get you to the other side. That's its function. Is that, is that correct? However, there could be activities on that bridge that are not part of its function. You can fish off that bridge without going to the other side. You have not used the function of the bridge, but you're, you're performing an activity. You could be depressed and throw yourself off the bridge <clears throat> and kill yourself. That's not the function of the bridge, but it certainly is an activity that can be performed on that bridge. So you get a, a real clear picture that a, a, a person, same as a thing like a bridge, has a function and then there's activities. And not all those activities correspond with the function. So let me say, we are bridges. And if people are not using us to get to the other side, are we functioning? And ask it of yourself. If people can't use you to get to the other side, to go across, to get from death to life, to come to Jesus, are you functioning? Are we functioning as Christians? I decided to name this message the functioning Christian because I realized that while we're all saved and we have our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life, God has a place waiting for us. We'll be in eternity with Him. Not all of us are functioning today as a Christian. Not all of us are functioning in the thing that God has called us to do. The happiest people on earth are people whose activities are simply the function of their purpose. Are your activities the function of your purpose? If they are, you'll join that, that elite group of the happiest people on earth. They may be poor, they may be rich, uh, they may be accepted by everybody, or they may be rejected by everybody. They may be heroes in the eyes of the public, or they may be victims of racism. It doesn't really matter. No matter what you are socially, laterally, horizontally in life, if your activity is a function of your purpose, you're among the happiest people on the face of the earth. And perhaps that's what's wrong and what's missing in our society today, is people are trying to make the world work for them and to get happiness out of that, rather than forget all that and get on with it and function as a Christian if you want to be happy. Hallelujah. How's that for encouragement? I am a pretty pathetic encourager. Somebody said the other day, I love listening to you preach. I just get all the slack jerked out of me. I thought, well, I thought I was, I want to encourage people. <laughs> Only God who created you can reveal your purpose. But that revelation is one of his greatest gifts to you. One of the greatest things God gives to us is a revelation of our purpose. Because pursuing your function is going to bring everything you do into alignment with God so that you can be fruitful and fulfilled in life. And furthermore, deep 
inner confidence will fill you with empowering peace when you pursue functions through your activities. When you pursue your function. When you pursue your function through the activities that you involve yourself with, your life will line up with God and you will be filled with tremendous confidence. I, I tell you this out of experience. Um, when I lacked everything that a man needed to have to do the things that God called me to do as a young man starting out in the ministry, when I had nothing going for me, when I had no advantages, no preparations other than God himself, one thing I did have was I knew who I was in God and I knew what God had called me to do. And I lined up my activities with that function. And I didn't let what I knew people were thinking get in my way. And believe me, I knew what people were thinking. I projected it on myself. I thought, geez, I, I wanted to, uh, I just wanted to hide from the opinions of people but I would not let it stop me because I knew what God had called me to do and what he, what he wanted me to do. So I pursued that, and as I did, it filled my life with the confidence I needed to obey the Lord. How many times have you and I let ourselves, in our own reasoning, be talked out of what God has put in front of us? And you make a habit of doing that, and after a while you're going to wonder, well, where is God in my life? He's been there the whole time trying to make you brave, but you've got to pursue with your activities the function. Let me talk about your function and the ability of God. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11, one, again, one of my favorite verses, the whole theme of your function and God's ability being married together is uh, beautifully laid out in this statement that Peter makes. Listen to it. As each man has received the gift, even so minister the same to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracle of God. If anyone serves, let him do it with the ability which God gives, so that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So how is God really praised through our life? How is his dominion manifest through our life? It is when we function through his abilities. Peter has basically put a statement out inviting us to through the function God gives us in life as a Christian. When you function as a Christian, he's inviting you. He's saying that God is inviting you to come up and function through the power of the Holy Spirit. So that when we talk about people functioning, there's a big difference between a person, let's say, who has trained as an Olympic athlete, and perhaps let's just for the sake of analogy say that they're a runner. And I always enjoy watching the Summer Olympics and watching the runners and the, the divers and all of that. And they've trained and, and they are functioning. When you see that that bell rings or that gun goes off and they hit the water, they're swimming or they're running. You can see them functioning in the thing that they were trained for. When they function, they are drawing upon their training. They're drawing upon the strength in every muscle of their body and all the coordinated uh, uh, efforts that have been, been trained into them. 
But when you and I function, it's different. We don't draw simply from our own efforts, from our own strength. We draw through our efforts to a deeper well. We draw from the Holy Spirit. When God is talking about you and I functioning, He's not saying, I want you to go out and do all these things. He's saying, I want you to make yourself available to me so that when you go out and open your mouth, my spirit will speak through you. When you stretch out your hand, my power will flow. When you open up your heart, your emotions, my love, my patience, my peace will flow. As you wait upon me for function, I will function through you when you go forth. So you see the difference. The function that God is speaking of unites our abilities with His Spirit. It's the synergy of natural effort and divine quality. Think about it. Natural effort synergistically combined with divine quality. When I think about divine quality and how that our efforts married with divine quality manifest what that looks like, one of the first things I think about is Mark eleven twenty three, 23, where Jesus said, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, now who's speaking? No, the whosoever is speaking. Glenn, Vicki, me, Chris, Kathy, whosoever is you and I. Whosoever shall say, there's our effort, we're saying, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Whose heart? Your heart. Whose mind? Whose thoughts? Yours. You shall not doubt. Where? He's not talking about God not doubting. He's talking about you not doubting. Whosoever shall say to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that what he says shall come to pass. He shall have. He shall have. Whatever he says. Now that is, that is natural effort synergistically combined with divine quality. God does not send you off into the direction of the mountain after you've made your confession with a shovel and say, boy, you better get to it. It's going to take you a little while. He said, you say to it, be moved, and it will be done. Who's taking care of that will be done part? God's taking care of the will be done part. So our function is exemplified in Jesus' statement, Mark 11. You speak, God moves the mountain. Somebody say, praise the Lord. It's the if you, then I. That formula is found throughout the Bible. 1 Chronicles 7, 14, one of the most famous scriptures in the Bible. If my people, which are called by my name, if you will humble yourself and pray, then I will hear from heaven, I'll come. I'll heal your land. I'll restore your fortunes. All things that you can't do, I'll do. If you, then I. If you, then I. Listen to me. If you, then I. How do you function in, in God? If you, then I. So it's not our abilities, it's our surrendering of our abilities to God in obedience. So functioning Christians, a true functioning Christian, is not some poor man or woman who's out there killing themselves for Jesus. Look what I'm doing for you, Lord. But it's the person who's doing what they do through God, not for God. 
And so there are a lot of people that are wearing themselves out, running around, trying to be a Christian. But that's not functioning. That's fishing off the bridge. That's throwing yourself off the bridge. God said, just come over to the other side. I got everything you need. Hallelujah. So a true functioning Christian, functioning Christians aren't simply better versions of unsaved people who uh, occasionally exhibit the presence of God when they're doing a, a Christian work. As a functioning Christian, you aren't occasionally doing works that glorify God, but your whole life is a work that glorifies God. That is the $64 statement in the message right there. The functioning Christian does not do works that glorify God. Their life is a work that glorifies God. All that you do, you say, does that include my mistakes? You bet it does, buddy. Does it include my errors? Yes, it does. Because God is, part of God is he's a corrector of errors. Part of God is he's merciful to pick up those who have failed and fallen out. Part of God is he is a redeemer. We are saved because of the part of God that deals with our errors and deals with our failings and our mistakes. So no, the functioning Christian isn't somebody who goes out and does religious things once in a while. The functioning Christian is the one whose entire life is a work for God. I'm going to close by sharing with you three brief manifestations of a functioning Christian. If I've sold you on the idea that <clears throat> if the Holy Spirit lives in you, you ought to be a functioning Christian and not just a religious person filled with a lot of activity. And some of it is, is spiritual. But there are three manifestations that are going to show up in the life of someone who is functioning as a Christian. If you're functioning as a Christian, these three things are going to be habits in your life. Are you ready? Number one, the functioning Christian recognizes reality is defined by God's Word. Let me say it again. The functioning Christian, when they look out upon the universe and on life, they recognize that reality, whatever reality is, reality is defined by God's Word. The borders of reality are not set by visibility, but they're set by truth. The boundaries of reality are laid out by the truth as God sees it and speaks it in his word, not by visibility. People say, I don't, I don't believe it unless I see it. If I can't see it, if no one has seen it, it isn't real. But that's not true. There are lots of things about reality that nobody has ever seen, but they're real. There are things that are real. The next time you climb into an airplane to go somewhere, if you don't believe that the air that is going to lift that plane off the ground is real just because you haven't seen it, then you better get off that plane. But the fact is you do agree with me. There are a lot of things that are not visible to you, but you know they're real. If they weren't real, you wouldn't do some of the things that you do. So there are many things in God that are real. Sometimes you don't see God's love, but he loves you. Sometimes you don't feel his mercy, but he is merciful towards you. Sometimes you wonder, is God gracious? But his grace is above his judgments and never ends. 
There are things in God that are real. And the first manifestation of a functioning Christian is that they realize if I'm going to function uh, in the love of God, if I'm going to function in God, function as a Christian, then my worldview has got to be set by what God defines reality as. Are you listening to me? So to function, you must believe in things like grace, love, and mercy without being hindered by lack of visibility. The second thing that is in the life of a functioning Christian, you'll see this. If someone's functioning as a Christian, they will call the things that they see what God calls them. They won't call them something else. They'll call them what God calls them. If God says it's alive, it's alive even if it looks dead. If it looks hopeless, but God says it's a victory, they'll call it a victory, even when everyone else says, well, we're abandoning ship. You see, not only will you see reality according to what God says is truth, but you will join God in saying what he says about reality. I shared with you last week out of Hebrews 3.1 about Jesus, who is the apostle and high priest of our confession. How it says, you who share in the heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our homologia to say the same thing as God. And so the second manifestation of a functioning Christian is they talk like God. They say what God says. If you run into somebody, including me, and they're going off with their mouth, griping, complaining, Talking death, doubt, unbelief, failure, discouragement. Are they, does that mean they're not saved? No. Does it mean God doesn't love them? No. But they're not functioning. There's activity. They won't, I wish they'd shut up. I wish the activity would cease. Sometimes I hear myself participating in that activity. And if my wife isn't there to tell me, Nick, shut up. Cease that activity. I wish I could just get a hold of myself and make it cease. Have you ever felt like a runaway car? You know, uh, those train movies, how the thing disconnects and the train's going crazy, you know? Uh, have you ever felt like that? You ever felt like, I'm out of control? The activity just keeps going. The second manifestation in the life of a functioning Christian is they call things what God calls them. Takes discipline, doesn't it? But if you're functioning as a Christian, that discipline's going to show up in your life. And you won't get mad when somebody corrects you. Hello, church, you're listening to me. When somebody points out to you, I'm sorry, but, you know, why don't you try, why don't you try the Word of God? Why don't you, you know, change your confession? I, I don't want to hear that. And uh, you won't get offended. Amen? You won't be offended. You'll be encouraged because you'll realize, you know, I need somebody to, to steer me back into functioning. The third thing, and I've got just a minute to get this out. The third manifestation of a functioning Christian is a functioning Christian manifests the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, Love, joy, peace, 
patience, yeah, endurance, patience, temperance, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. I don't know why I forgot it. I, I have all those working in me. I just forgot them. At any rate, um, actually all of us who have the Holy Spirit living in have the fruit of the Spirit in us. But whether we function in the fruit of the Spirit has to do with whether we're pursuing our purpose or not. A functioning Christian will manifest the fruit of the Spirit. See, when you walk in God's love, it causes you to function as the light of the world. Jesus said in Matthew 5.14, you are the light of the world. So when you walk in the love of God, it's going to show up in your life. You will go into a dark place where people are saying dark things and you'll speak light. You're not going to join them in the dark conversation. You're not going to jump on and start agreeing and adding to the curses and adding to the complaining. But you're going to speak what's uplifting. When you go into a dark place, you will be the light. When there's nothing but rejection and hate and hostility, you'll be there exhibiting peace. You'll be the one person in the room that can find a reason to love the person everybody's hating on. Are you listening to me? You see, if you are functioning as a Christian, you will be manifesting the fruit of the Spirit. Anybody can roll downhill with the world. Anybody can act in a typical fashion. You know, when we see something that's frustrating, what's the first natural thing to do is to get angry. Or to get to anybody can do that. You can do that as easily as you can fall over. But it takes someone who's functioning in the spirit of resurrection. The law of the spirit of life in Christ has set you free from the law of sin and death. When I see somebody that's going against the flow, somebody who's who's rising up in the spirit of God and manifesting the fruit of the spirit while everybody else is acting carnal, talking carnal, and honey, we're still in church. I'm not talking about being out in the mall. I'm talking about when the church service is over and everybody's fellowshipping. Are you listening to me? And all that fellowshipping's going on. Anyone can pile on, but it, a real functioning Christian is always going to see their function is to lift up. To lift up. They'll find a way to lift up. They'll find a way to say what is life-giving. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Your response to negativity and hostility is love, joy, and peace. Your response to immorality and corruption is fidelity and righteousness. Your response to pressure and persecution is faithfulness and kindness. You see, the functioning Christian is a constant living witness that is what every one of us as a functioning Christian, regardless of our special calling, maybe, or special anointing or special assignment, we all have the one assignment to function as a Christian in life. That means that our life will be a living witness, a living testimony for the Lord. Let your light or let your function so shine before men so they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Close your Bible. Let's stand together.